Hi guys, Alexa Curtis here, and you're listening to This Is Life Unfiltered, my weekly podcast on getting out of your comfort zone, being an entrepreneur, and being fearless. Before I get into this episode, make sure that you're following This Is Life Unfiltered on social media at at T-I-L-U podcast, and my personal social media, which is at Alexa underscore Curtis. And I also want to mention that the Be Fearless Summit RSVP is live. So you can directly RSVP at Fearless Summit, or actually fearlessrsvp.eventbrite.com. It's a free full-day event on April 1st with some of my favorite friends and speakers and people who are going to inspire you to do whatever it is that you dream of and make money doing it too. So last week I went to a podcast conference and I actually met a lot of people at this conference and it was awesome. If you ever have the chance to go to Podcast Evolutions, podcaster or not podcaster, I would totally suggest it. The amount of people there, the demographic of people. For example, I've gone to conferences and I just don't meet anyone and the people there also aren't open to meeting people. But at this particular conference, even the biggest executives and famous podcasters that spoke were just as happy to spend a few minutes after their talk and give advice and feedback. And that was really awesome. So that's a great conference. If you're not coming to the Be Fearless Summit, that I would totally suggest that you speak at. So over the next few weeks, I'm going to do a bit of trial and error with some of the techniques that I learned at the conference to hopefully empower and advise many of you to consistently stay and listen to This Is Life Unfiltered. And I did forget to mention briefly that on International Women's Day, which is next month, I'm going to release a giveaway where we will fly one fan out to the summit give you a room at the Graduate Hotel, which is in Berkeley. So make sure that you have it on your computer or your calendar for March 8th, I think is International Women's Day, which is a Sunday. I will do not not be on social media for my social media less Sunday uh, with that particular giveaway. So mark that down. I did a poll a few weeks ago on Instagram asking for your advice for things you want to hear me speak about. And two really big topics that there seemed to be a lot of interest in was number one, time management which I did a blog post on last week. So if you go to lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com, you'll see that blog post. And then the second one was money. And I've talked about money before. I've talked about how I make money. But many of you are new to This Is Life Unfiltered as well as potentially new to following me. So this is a good topic I wanted to circle back around to. And the kind of constant in that discussion is how to bring in residual income. So if you are listening and you are one of two people, you are actually one of three people. If you are listening and you're an aspiring entrepreneur, you have an idea, you're working hard to make it happen. It's not there yet, but it takes so many years and you're like, how do I go to work or school while doing this company or this passion project? If you're option number two and you've got a company, you're like me, and there's weeks where you're not bringing in any money, you're on a net 30 or a net 40 and you're like, What do I do in between those weeks? And then maybe you're the third person. You're a student or a stay-at-home mom, and you're simply listening to this podcast because you know that I'm kind of the queen of figuring out how to make money, especially because I'm an entrepreneur. And regardless of whether you're either of those three, 
in either of those three categories, there are a few things that all of you can be doing to bring in residual income. And if you already have a high level job where you're bringing in money, but you want to make some extra money, you have some time on the weekends, I know a few tips and tricks. But I want to explain a little bit first, if you haven't listened to any of the other podcast episodes that I've done on money, how I actually make money. Because I get asked this question quite often, and it totally makes sense that all of you would have no clue how I'm actually existing. My parents still to this day have no clue how I'm actually existing. And I'm going to start it off by saying that it is very hard. There are weeks where I like want to ball out and I'm traveling and I'm like, this is great. I made X amount of money at the beginning of the month. And then I have to pay my rent and my car payment and my office and my manager and my publicist. And I'm like, oh shit, it's January 31st and I have no money. And then on January 10th, I have money. So It's kind of like this high and low, but the things that I figured out how to do have really helped bring in residual income so that in those moments where I'm on those net 30 or 40, I'm not freaking out. But to back up a second, so I make money in a lot of different ways. So I obviously have my website. I do many different sponsored posts, Instagram posts. I really monetize my Instagram and and truly think of it as a business. I have a personal Finstagram, parents don't kill me, which is where I post all of the pictures that I would never post on my regular Instagram. Not bad things, but like a picture of a tree or a picture of an ice cream. Just things that are not necessarily on brand for me because it's me offline, but online. It's, it's who I am in real life um, when, I, when I'm not working or not for for example, on on Instagram story. Um, So I make money that way. I do a lot of different sponsored TV segments. So I'll be hired by a brand to go on TV and talk about X, Y, Z. I do those. Some segments aren't sponsored. Some are sponsored. And you kind of know if they're sponsored if you watch the segment. But when I first started, I was doing TV segments pretty much every every week, you guys, and I and I hated them. And that's how I made a lot of money to be able to proceed with my podcast and the website and keep it going while I was building, is having to do those segments all of the time. And, and they were terrible. And if you ask anyone who knows me since pretty much age 16, none of us, anyone in my life could even actually count the amount of times I probably called them crying or completely distraught um, because I was doing them so often and I was so exhausted. But it was kind of how I was bringing in money in a unique way while focusing on what my true passion was, was writing and inspiring and and whatnot. So then aside from that, obviously, once I launched the Be Fearless Summit, the brands who you see sponsor the summit, they pay Most of what I make from the summit goes back into the summit, so I can't tell you that I net a lot, but there is a definite security that comes with the brands that I work with, and I'm thrilled to have these brands involved, and they compensate me. And then additionally, I will randomly get approached to do campaigns or pretty much like every month, but nothing that is always ongoing, sometimes podcast ads, so random stuff like that. So I have a ton of different revenue streams, and Then a lot of times the bigger brands, so I got approached by a brand last week that's a really big brand in stores that you guys know about, and they asked me for my rates on how much I would charge for an Instagram post and Instagram story. And then they came back and they said the net, which means I wouldn't get paid until after the job is done. And actually they wanted to brief the post this week, but it doesn't go live until March, is then I think 90 days. And I looked at that and I was like, oh my gosh, so I work on the post this week. It doesn't go live until like mid-March and then I wait 
three more months until after that. I mean, that's a chunk of money and that's really stressful. So I countered back with them. And the thing is, a lot of these opportunities, it's just their legal, their finance department. So they can't overdo it or do less money. But I countered back and said, I would really appreciate to be paid within 30 days. That seems like a very normal time frame for me. And, and 90 is, is quite frankly, very overzealous, just kind of ridiculous. And the brand replied and we're like, you know, sure, we can do 30 and we appreciate you asking. And I mean, at the end of the day, I have to ask for that. Would I have still done it if it had been 90 days? Yes, but I also probably may have asked for half up front, even $100 up front, something because you never know. And this is more geared, this part of the conversation is more geared towards you aspiring influencers or bloggers or media personalities. You never know if the contact that you're working with leaves the company. What happens, right, if I, if I wait 90 days and by then, for example, Alexa at whatever PR firm has left. There's a contract in place, but now I have to do additional work that I wasn't expecting to figure out how to get paid. So you just always want to make sure that in a contract, it's written, your terms are written there, And along with that, that you know what to do or who to contact if, for example, the person does leave the company or whatnot. So that is one. But then I have many other times where it's a similar net. And so I try in between to make sure that I'm always doing something that can make me money. And that's hard. And it really is hard, especially with the summit, because a lot of those companies want to pay half up front and they want to pay half 40 days after the summit. And there's just... There's a lot of expenses that any entrepreneur, myself included, has, and there's a a lag in in some of the times that you do get paid. So one thing that I did, and and if you've seen any of my university talks, you might recognize pieces that I'm pulling out because I've spoken many times on, on this topic during these talks. One thing that I've done is I've tried to find someone who can help me bring in residual income every month. And what I mean by that is I mean that I have a friend, I kind of consult on her company. She pays me pretty much the cost of my rent at the beginning of every month. We don't have a contract. She's one of my friends. I honestly like August of last year, she had this awesome company and I just truly believe in it. And I wore the product a lot and I was like, look, you know, pay me, pay me this amount a month and I'll use my connections. I'll get you placed on all these things. And since August, I've probably gotten her on like 10 different TV segments just by like texting a friend or a producer I know, really helping her with PR and then consulting. Like if she needs help with branding or if she wanted to know what my advice on a campaign shoot was, I'll help her with it for sure. And and again, there's no contract. So tomorrow she could be like, I can't pay you this month. But because she is one of my friends and because I do love the company, it's just something that I can keep in the back of my mind that it's like, okay, I've made no money this month, but I know that on February 1st, I'm getting this amount of money and that's going to cover minimum my rent. And then I'll figure out the rest when it happens. You really have to truly keep an open mindset, especially as an entrepreneur, because there are going to be months where you're going to get paid late. There are going to be months if you're doing freelance work, especially when I was starting and I was doing social media for a bunch of people where people just would go off the grid and I would be like, hello, did you forget to pay me? And then three weeks later, they'd be like, oh yeah, I forgot. And so you really have to just become adjusted, which is incredibly hard to having a mindset that is a little bit more freeing and just realizing that everything you're doing right now and all of those additional revenue streams you might have to use are just building to the future. This is not the end goal. Like I don't plan in 
a year or three years from now to do a lot of consulting work. I don't plan to necessarily have to do it. But as of right now, I realize that, yes, this is something, even though it takes my time and I have to stay up later on a Monday night because I need to help her if she needs something, that I have to do in between building my company and building my brand. So that's one thing that I would say is all of you young people are very good at social media. There are companies in your area, I guarantee you, who would love to pay you $400 a month to do their social media, to handle their content. If you're in a small town like where I'm from, Mansfield, Connecticut, I can actually probably think of 10 companies who would pay me 10 times $400 a month to do their social media. I don't live there anymore, so I wouldn't personally do it. But, you know, for example, that's a that's a great thing to do. And people overlook that by thinking, oh, you're not qualified. If you're young and you're in my age group or like young, early 30s, you are all qualified to do social media unless you genuinely hate it. But sometimes you have to do things you hate to do things that you love. And I'm a firm believer in that. Hate is a very strong word, but things that you wouldn't necessarily do if you were, let's say, making a million dollars. Okay, so when I go on that topic as well, I would say that you either find a friend or a small business that you know or contact local places in your area. You'd actually be surprised to realize how many bigger franchises are actually independently owned, like a KFC or a McDonald's. A lot of those companies that are local to a certain area are owned by one person. And so the Domino's in your hometown or the Blaze Pizza is franchised by a mom or a dad in the area, and they might have no clue how to deal with social media. And you want to reach out to them, call them, send them an email, go in with a business card. There's no excuse. I'm going to reiterate the fact that everyone has $100. A lot of people have $400. Start that as like a base of the month. Spend some time emailing people and you'll realize that you might be making now $1,200 a month. You can thank me later. Doing social media for three different brands in your hometown. So that's one option. The other option is when I first started, I was posting a lot on Craigslist and then companies like Upwork and Fiverr came around. Those are pretty much freelance-based consulting companies. So if you are a good writer, if you are good at doing SEO, if you can code, you can make profiles on all of these websites. Craigslist, you can obviously just list whatever job you might be good at. But on Upwork and Fiverr, which I always talk about in my college presentation, so you know you're getting paid. It's all looked... Uh, through the website, so it's no individual freelancing off of the site. They're both on the sites. And there's so many things that you can do on there that you guys would totally all be good at because I assume many of you have like high school-ish, college-ish degrees and would be good at things. So make a profile on there. Message a few people. Tell them you're willing to do their graphic design or help them with social media, like follow on follow. I mean, you guys, there is no excuse to not be making money. People will pay for things. Like I pay people to do the dumbest things for me that take literally just time, but time is money. And so I pay based on how much time it's going to take, whether or not it requires a human brain. If I had a robot, I would buy a robot. But literally there's so many things you can do. There's no excuse to not be making money. 
even if it requires you maybe working on a weekend so that you can pursue your passion project um, the next day of the weekend. So try Upwork and Fiverr. Craigslist is great if you're looking for maybe more of a steady job. So either actually listing on Craigslist, but the better thing to do is go on Craigslist and look up the tab. There's one that says marketing and PR. There's also one that says TV. And a lot of these are just low budget like films or setups, whatever. And you can literally get paid to do very easy things. And you could even find more of a full-time job on Craigslist. I found back in 2016, 2015, whenever I moved to New York, I found a job through Craigslist and I had seen a listing actually for a girl that had started a shoe company and she needed help with social media. And so I submitted to it. I obviously didn't have a resume. I was like a baby, but I created just a little resume. I kind of made it look a little bit better by saying I had done some social media in the area for different brands, which I had done for one brand, but not for like four, but whatever. And I put that on that resume and I ended up getting the job. And then I ended up actually getting another internship too with this woman who had a gloveware company. And so she was paying me more of a stipend, but it was $50 a week. And this is all remote work. So most of this, you don't need to be going into your office to do. So there truly is no excuse uh, to be making residual income in that way. I would also say that if you're on the younger side and, and you don't need to be making money, but you want to be gaining more experience, then go up and down a street in your hometown or wherever you you're from, a coffee shop maybe, or a mall, a shopping mall. Go into a few stores and think about some things that you might want to do. Like if you really like fashion, you want to find a boutique and you want to go in and ask them if once a week you can go in for three hours and go behind the scenes or find out how they do their sales or find out if they need any help with social media. If you love food, find a local restaurant and ask if you can kind of be the chef's uh, protege or the chef can be your mentor for a few weeks. Actually, even start a podcast and go into local restaurants and places in your hometown and sell ads. So the first option is really great if you don't need to make money, but you're looking for experience. The second option, I always like to tell people when people ask me, how do I get hotels like you get? Or how do I get cars like you get? I'll answer the question by saying that it's not terribly hard to get. That doesn't mean that it's easy to get. That just means that now everyone is so familiar with the concept of a blogger going into a hotel and doing a review or whatnot. So it's not the hardest thing. But the reason that I say this is I, the hotels and car companies and, and, and stuff that I work with now, I am established and I have a, a solid name behind me and press. I'm also way pickier. Like now I think it would be easier for me to get a comp to stay at the Four Seasons than for example, the best Western. So I wouldn't pitch the best Western because I don't need to, but that comes with years of me building to finally get to this point where I'm like, okay, I'm pitching the four seasons. But by starting a blog, by starting a podcast, you also could learn the ropes on how to do this. And you don't necessarily need to have millions of followers. I don't suggest any of you start a blog or a podcast because you need to make money or because you need to, like, you want free things. I mean, do it because you actually either enjoy talking or writing. But by by starting a podcast, by starting a blog, you not only can probably get free things, you can actually start creating content for people in your area. So for example, back when I was in high school, what I wish I had done 
the town that I'm from, and if you're from my hometown or you're from like a small state with very small towns in it, you'll know what I'm talking about. When I was growing up, there was nothing besides McDonald's. There was a Starbucks. And then there wasn't even, I think, there wasn't even a Moe's. Now there was Moe's. There was a Panda Express. And then there was like a super crappy 7-Eleven. Now my hometown has really cool trendy restaurants and a cool mall and Starbucks like on drugs with all of these fancy like nitrogen ice cream places and stuff, which is so funny because I didn't grow up with that. But had I grown up with that, what I would have done is I would have taken my blog that had very little followers at the time. I would have made business cards and I would have gone to every single store in my hometown and I would have said, there's two options and you're going to choose one because I'm a boss and you're going to want to work with me because I'm coming into the store to sell myself to you. There's one of two options. And the first option is that I would love to do a review on your web on your website or I would love to do a podcast ad where I would start my podcast by saying, this is sponsored by Moe's in Mansfield, Connecticut, and end the podcast ad with that too. Or say, I would love to do a feature with the owner of your boutique, pay me 50 bucks, pay me a hundred bucks, start small. None of you need to be starting with like hundreds of thousands of dollars. How I like to tell people to think about it is you either want the money or you don't. So when someone asks me, how much do I charge for a blog post? Or how much do I charge for an Instagram ad? And I'm like, okay, well, how many followers do you have? And they're like 50. And I'm like, well, you know, I would charge 20 bucks if you've never really done this before. And they're like, that's too low. And my question to you, would you rather have 10 companies pay you $20? Or would you rather find one gem in a haystack that pays you 50? You want 10 companies who are all going to pay you $20 and everyone has $20. So the great thing about using a podcast or using a blog to monetize a bit as you're starting is that not only is the brand that you're going to get an ad from or that you may be interested in working with going to get exposure, there is not a super strict way to kind of find the page views. Like it's very rare that with a podcast or a blog, you're going to go and they're going to come back and say, you know, what is your weekly rating on this blog post. They may be like, what's your overall number? And you can either say a number or you can say, look, I'm just starting this podcast off. I think this is a great opportunity to give you press as well as to test this podcast ad option out for your brand with my listeners. You guys say this even if you have three listeners, it's okay to test it out with the listeners. And I hope to continue this relationship gone going. And that's great. You might go into four boutiques and restaurants that day, walk away with 80 bucks. And that 80 bucks in eight years might be 800,000 bucks in your pocket if that many dollar bills can fit in a pocket, which they totally can't. But do you see what I'm saying? You have to look at the pictures. Look at what press is. What do people do? When you watch the Today Show and brands pay to play, they pay to be on that TV show. They pay to be on The View. They're paying me for an ad. Switch your mindset so that you can think, how can you do things like that on a smaller scale? So a brand wants press, they may pay a publicist, but they could also pay you and take out the middle person who is that publicist to directly give them press. You might... If you are just starting a company and you're like, I don't know how to get press for this brand, who's going to write about it or talk about it, find local stores in your area, ask them to cross promote. 
give them a free product. You're not going to make money off of that. You're actually going to lose money, but you have to lose money. You have to have to lose money and you have to give money to make money. And you will learn that the fast and the hard way when you're going to be broke, many of you first starting off. And that's just how it has to be unless you're given a ton of money, which you are a very lucky person. But that's kind of just how it likes to be. So if you look at these kind of major trends in in media and if you look and read between the lines of a lot of magazine ads and a lot of TV ads and they're paying the brand is paying them to write about them but what about the brand directly paying you to write about them or directly paying you to be in their podcast ad. You don't need to be the Today Show to have that kind of opportunity. You just need to be smart and wise with your words and have something really cool that you're doing. I'm not also going to not tell you guys to like get a, a real job. I think many times nowadays in 2020 with everyone making money off of the internet and whatnot that no one wants a nine to five not normal, but a more traditional job, it's not a bad thing. You shouldn't feel ashamed if you're driving Uber. You shouldn't feel ashamed if you're working at a restaurant. You shouldn't feel ashamed if you're working at a mall. Take some time and go through people who really inspire you and their stories. I guarantee you every single one, every single person who you look up to, Oprah Ellen, Sarah Blakely, Phil Knight, they all worked jobs that were shitty jobs that they hated so that they could pursue their passion. Even use me as an example, right? I had one interview that my dad got me when I was like 16, right before I moved out and I was broke. And I remember he got me an interview at this ice cream store in our hometown and I was on the phone with the woman and she was just really mean. And I, that moment was like, I never want to be a mean boss. And I, I never even called her back. She just wasn't nice to me. And so I never took the job. But for years, I did things that I hated doing. I did things that I hated doing. I hated those TV segments. I was completely overwhelmed. I hated doing social media for other people. I, if you can't tell, I'm like the anti influencer, influencer. I hate social media. It makes me so tired and exhausted, but I was doing it. And sometimes I will even still do it on those times that are net 90 because I, until you're literally at the top, the top, we're all kind of like nothing. We're all just doing our own thing. I mean, we're all something, but the brand isn't necessarily a million dollar brand yet. And so you have to not be ashamed to hustle. And hustle doesn't mean that your Instagram page is making $100,000 a month. It means that you are working on this blog. You're working on this podcast. You're also pitching different companies. You're also going to school. You're also working a job at a car dealership. And then you're getting home and the fire is inside of you to example, pursue that blog or that podcast and then you know the next day you wake up all again and you wake up again so that you can go home and do what you love until it's full time so I never want to see any of you ashamed to work traditional jobs not that I ever worked a traditional job what I did was so un non-traditional but I still hated it and it's a very similar pattern that we all have to do things as we're starting that we don't always love to do to find ways to do what we love to do so I truly, truly hope that this episode has given a few of you ideas. This is really one of the, some of the main ways that I have built and made money in between the times and so that I can do unpaid speaking opportunities um, or that I can do certain things that, that aren't paid. 
that I so that I can continue to to live and exist um, and also make money. And I think that all of these are opportunities that you don't have to be invested in media or involved with media to do, but it's just great ways to start making some extra money. And I would totally suggest that you go to more local places and start small, like find a few boutiques or a few restaurants in a 30, 40 mile radius if you're in a small town. I have to be honest, it's a little bit harder to do that kind of stuff in LA or New York or Chicago. You are in a much better, much better position if you're first starting to be in a small town like I was because there's a lot more opportunity there and there's a lot of knowledge that you probably have that people in your hometown will want. And so by starting small, instead of going right to the big guys, you can build up a reputation for doing social media, for 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 blogging for another company, and you can build up that reputation, and, and now you have a resume. And look, now you have something to put on your LinkedIn, and that's badass, and that's really cool. Even if you still have to, on a Saturday, work at a coffee shop and that you hate doing, or whatever it is that you might be doing that you hate, Look at what you're doing simultaneously. And that is the definition of hustle. Hustle, in my opinion, is drive. Like if you are just hustling and you are just running in circles, like actually on the treadmill and you're not actually like lifting weights to get stronger and then trying to play golf to become a better athlete and you're just running in circles because you're thinking it's going to make you stronger, you want to look at all of different avenues of ways to bring an income, of ways to get stronger so that you eventually can sit back and and be really proud of what you've done over the course of building. And I think that's the coolest part about being an entrepreneur is the moments for me, especially where I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Or when I get an email and they're like, can we pay you $1,000 for one Instagram post? Like, what is your PayPal? That's awesome. And I'm like, I never expected that to happen five years ago. And now I'm like, oh, this is great. I that pays my rent um, plus like $500. So um, that's that's great. And that's awesome. And and uh, that really kind of goes to show that you have to truly hustle and, and do so many different things for so many different years until you truly make it. So I would love to con- kind of con- continue this conversation with many of you if you have additional questions. I did start the master class and there's new dates that I added. I loved talking with a few of you who signed up for the class and doing a little bit of that consulting on what your brands are. And I had a really great conversation with the people who I spoke with and it seemed like I hopefully I gave them some great advice too and that's really great. So I would love to hear from you guys as well as the new folks who are tuning in. Did I really just say folks? I don't even know if you say like folk or folks. I have no clue. But I would love to continue the conversation as well as meet some of you if you want to sign up for that master class. So if you go on lifeunfilteredwithalexa.com and you type in master class, you'll see it right there. And hopefully we'll see some of you at the Be Fearless Summit, which is April 1st, 2020 at UC Berkeley, but for your chance to come out, to meet me, to be there, all expense paid trip, keep your phone on a calendar invite or your computer, your notebook for International Women's Day in March. That's the day this giveaway is going to go live. And I'm really thrilled to meet more of you there. Have an incredible rest of your week. Go make some money, go hustle, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye.